When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's Off Tackle Empire! Welcome to the 0.5 edition of Off Tackle Empire 2021, where we're going to recap week zero. Anything happen in week zero that was particularly interesting? I'm a Illinois alum, class of 2012, Steve Braun. I'm with Andrew Tessie. And uh, before we get to previewing a, a, a game that we're going to be reporting live from, let's talk about what actually happened this week. I am kicking myself, first of all, because when we were, when I was doing the pick of this game, the only one we had, you know, the only Big Ten game in week zero, I... I was like, well, there's there's no way that Nebraska is going to be good enough to pull away from Illinois. And I was so close to picking Illinois to win this game outright. But I, just could, I was like, that's that's preposterous. Illinois was bad last year. They didn't dramatically change their talent over. It's, you know, for new coach, first game, new system. There's no possible way that Illinois is actually going to pull this win off. And I'll tell you when I knew I was wrong, which was late in the first half when Adrian Martinez just doing Amart things drops back to pass with four wide and third and short, I think it was, and gets strip sacked, fumbled defensive touchdown. I was like, well, I should have pulled the trigger on Illinois. Could have made some money. Oh, well, that's what you get for not following your gut. And just in case somehow you're unaware, there are some people that are still notably our Sunday morning coming down. Uh, Stalwart writer there is still out there in the ether somewhere. Uh, there are some people that don't know that Big Ten football started because, you know, we were up at the gym. We were up at the gym in August before all of you guys. I don't know what the hell, why y'all grind set is lacking, but we were up there a whole week before the rest of y'all. Maybe you should get on our level if you want to grind and have the kind of things we have. You don't, you ain't did the things we don't did to get what we don't have. If Brett Bielema can tell us about one thing in the last several years, it is the origin and best and best practices for gains, right? So absolutely. <laughs> so uh, Nebraska went into Champaign in a must, yeah, really a must-win situation because their schedule is unforgiving, and proceeded to lose thirty to twenty-two. Uh, that's the only Big Ten game that happened. That was the only competitive game that happened this weekend, really. So I'm going to crack a win, fight, try Brewster of the Week. And it is by Hoppin' Frog Brewery in Akron. It is the uh, evolution of Boris the Crusher Orange Hazelnut Biscotti. I cracked this for several reasons. One, because I don't know what the fuck is going on in here, but it's very chaotic and delicious and rich, uh, much like the conclusion of this game, too. There's some orange in here, but it's mostly just like really, really thick and heavy and executes the fundamentals well, gets a little cute in some areas, but ultimately tastes very satisfying. 
Man, for a second there, I thought that as you were doing the wind fight try read, you were going to get a serenade of R2 in the background. You heard him, right? He, he, there was an ambulance. We, oh, my we, goodness. We, for some reason, I thought that was you making some noise. No. I don't know why I thought that was you. <laughs> no, I did, not, I did not choose the wind fight try segment to unleash a wolf howl into the microphone. No, that was the dog. We All right. And we're, we are in mid-season form with our dog interruptions. We are... <laughs> We are over Zoom because it is very late on a Sunday night and it is storming outside. Uh, of course, it's obviously could be a lot worse as far as the storms are concerned. Uh, we're just in Michigan here, but yeah, I also returned from a West Coast vacation at like 6 a.m. today and I am extremely tired and I don't know what time is. So we'll see how long this goes. Uh, speaking of, so of course, I was not actually able to watch any of the game because I was tooling around Seattle, which is way too cool of a city to watch Nebraska football in. And so I'm following it on the phone. I'm texting with you. I'm lingering in the Slack, um, gathering the gist of what has happened. And so, yes, I can I can present my off tackle empire credentials here as we begin we begin talking about substance this game and say that I did not watch it. But boy, do you really need to have watched every snap of this game to know what occurred? The result and the box score and the narrative that has quickly developed in the last, you know, what, 36 hours now or so would tell you basically all that you need to know. So now Scott Frost postgame comments, he did say that he still does feel that Nebraska is a much better team than last year. And to be fair, eight points is a lot closer than the 18 points by which they lost to Illinois last year. But here's the difference. Okay. Five to nothing turnover margin last year, turnovers were even this year. And yeah. honestly, they came back from down 30 to nine. That's when I had to leave for a, for a family related thing. So I actually watched a lot of the fourth quarter um, in the left lane on the highway. Here's another way to think about it though, which is think about how much better, I, I believe this is, I didn't check to be sure, but think about how much better Nebraska did against Brett Bielema this time around versus the last time they played Brett Bielema, which I'm fairly sure was the Wisconsin scored again game, unless I missed my guess there. And there was another yeah, game. They only allowed uh, 30 points instead of 70. So that's huge progress. Um, but Chung and cheek mockery fun as it is. I think Scott Frost is actually right there, which makes this result even more damning for him because they've got they, <laughs> Losing the guys they did last year, they needed to fill in with new skill players right away. So what they do, they bring in Samori Touraine, the transfer portal, uh, Marquise Step as a running back to basically replace Mills in the transfer portal. Um, Oliver Martin, who looked like a wide receiver one yesterday, to this point, he really hasn't done much. He's bounced around a couple other schools in the conference. They still have Omar Manning, who was a big time Juco prospect a couple of years ago. And they add Gabe Irvin, a you know, top, what, 300 or so, 250, 300 re overall recruit. Star. Running game. So they've got – and they didn't even play Savion Morrison. They've got so Gabe many – Gabe Irvin, guys. such a hyped guy that he is on that fantasy team in that, in that you know, high-stakes league that I have. He's on our team right here. Uh, you know, of course, you know who else is on the team is a running back that will do way better against Illinois is Sincere McCormick. But uh, – I thought you were going to say Evan Hull – um <laughs> <laughs> but anyway uh this this game opened up uh really weird because well the, the weirdest thing that happened was i saw illinois um control the line of scrimmage on defense and play stifling man coverage hey 
at various points in the offseason and last year and the year before, I've been saying, you know, we've got we're not deep, but we've got talent in the starting rotation that should, in theory, be able to play Big Ten football if somebody tells them what to do. <laughs> I mean, the Nebraska's receivers could find no separation against us in the first quarter because our coaches were actually making our players do the things they were good at. Yeah. So, right. With, with guys in your secondary, like Tony Adams, ton of experience, um, Sydney Brown, it, yeah. It's it, why, why you hadn't unleashed them in this kind of thing before after. I, I mean, this, you know, well, why is it obvious because the West coach yeah. didn't want to. And of um, course it was 96 degrees. They eventually got worn out, but like, I watched the tape again last night and early in the game, you had Devin Witherspoon looking like Deion Sanders, just sitting off of his guy and then closing late to nearly come up with a pick. Like <laughs> how was this guy on some of the worst defenses in Illinois history? Yeah. And as much as this game and the national discussion has centered on Nebraska and understandably so, because look, they're a team with a high profile coach. They're a more high profile brand themselves there's a pressure situation. There's this, you know, link to the past. Are they going to be that again? I understand all those storylines exist, but let's not necessarily, and I know that for you, certainly there will be a healthy degree of skepticism here and understandably so, but let's give Illinois some credit for what they did here. So consider, first of all, that incumbent starting quarterback, Brandon Peters managed to throw all of four passes before he was knocked out for the game with an injury, which again, very prone to happening. Well, so, partially be, part of the reason is because he he just he didn't really look that sharp. Um, he completed his first pass to Luke Ford, who, hey, guess what? Turns out he can do things if you actually use him. Um, you know, but he held the ball for a long time. He didn't really look all that like he didn't look that different from last year, which was disappointing to me. And I was really hoping for better things from him. But, yeah, we, we lost our, our guy who in 2019 did put up the most efficient Illini quarterback season since Wes Lunt in 2014 in 2019. Yeah. And 18 touchdowns to eight interceptions. And we wondered a little bit other than basically other than the running backs, how is Illinois going to produce an offense after losing a matter baby? Well, look at the guys who caught passes here. You have, as you mentioned, Luke Ford, a, an elite prospect, you know, once upon a time tight end who was not used at all by the last staff. And then you have two guys who were former kind of dual threat quarterbacks who never really showed much of an ability to be quarterbacks at this level. And the staff well, we got like, a lot more here. looks at Isaiah Williams than Deuce Span. Uh, I, I don't want to skip ahead too much, but of course, Archer Sitkowski came into the game and he was mostly just coloring inside the lines, just doing what he needed to do. And then late in the game, he just threw a dime down the sideline 40 yards and I couldn't believe who caught it. It was Deuce Span, who I didn't even know had switched to, to receiver. But obviously, Bielema has basically shown a preference for really tall pocket passers. But, um, but to go back to your point, yeah, what Illinois did basically was I wrote a, a column uh, to this effect for the Champagne Room. They colored inside the lines. They did what Brett Bielema has been doing in the offseason. They executed the basics correctly and just they did what Iowa and Wisconsin have done to specifically Iowa and to a lesser extent, Northwestern have done to us for as long as I can remember. And that is just play within yourself, control the game and let a much less disciplined, poorly coached team, you know, bash themselves to death against the rocks that are your fundamentals. 
Yeah, and if coloring inside the lines with this roster is probably not going to get Illinois to seven or eight or nine wins or anything. But again, like you said, relative both to a couple of the opponents you're going to see this year. And then also just the, the past experience where Lovey Smith is the kid who's like walking into a wall and won't change directions. And Tim Beckman is eating paste. Like it's got to be a refreshing change of pace there. Well, um, and, and just to not be in the big 10 basement. I mean, honestly, Illinois and Nebraska played next week. I think Nebraska's a much more talented roster. I don't think they're going to win again because who knows if Scott Frost schools them on th- on four man fronts now. Yeah. And so that's, that will kind of put a bow on it with that. So this Nebraska game and also the press aftermath have all the highlights of the Scott, Scott Frost era to this point and not in a good way. Right. So on the field, they have these confident splintering mistakes. I mean, they look on a down to down basis, like they're a good team, a talented team. And then there's a punt and you have a fourth year player like Cam Taylor Britt is not some freshman who's out there in his first game and got nervous or something. This is his fourth year of playing considerable snaps for Nebraska. He tries to feel the punt from the one and then he just yeets it out the back of the end zone like that. He would have committed a safety. He he went forward. He first got called. You have a guy getting called for an illegal forward pass on a punt that he fielded at the one yard line. What the fuck is going on? What's happening? It's, it's one of the more, it's one of those plays that's going to stick in the pantheon, it, you know, like the Belichick fake punt from the thir- from the 30 or whatever, or a fake field goal from the 30 or something. Um, it's one of these plays that's going to stick in your memory forever because it's just absolutely baffling. In the more routine sort of what are you doing plays, there's Adrian Martinez with the, the patented loss, fumble, scoop and score in a tie well, game this... late in the first half. So... Illinois, honestly, Nebraska had all the momentum after Peters went down, Sitkowski took a sack, they went down and scored. I I mean, I said this myself, like it felt kind of like the wheels were coming off. We were allowing big plays. We were letting guys get open. We couldn't do anything on offense the next time out. Nebraska went down and they had this momentum. They're up 62. Their guy had missed an extra point because Nebraska special teams, my God, I couldn't believe how bad that was that, you know, special teams hidden yards won this game for Illinois with a 126 yard special teams yard margin. But I digress. Nebraska's got all the momentum. They're driving up six to two, but they're going to, they're going to make it a two score game here. And Martinez just misses open receiver after open receiver. He just keeps missing these guys and they're good players and they're open and he's not even under tremendous pressure. Our guys were, you know, they were getting near him, but they they weren't agile enough to actually get to him. And he's just missing these guys. And they settled for a field goal. And then, um, then Nebraska does something that they would quickly regret. Uh, they did something that I didn't know was something that you can't do. And I'm sure Rutgers fans would be shocked to find out it's something you can't do. They fucked with Art Sitkowski. <laughs> and, and then they found out, didn't they? Because <laughs> based on his final stat line, uh, apparently it's not something because, yeah, they, they found out. I, I was not alone in this. It felt like the body language was there for the team. I, I was certainly not the only fan that felt when Peters went down that it was it was over for us and the defensive 
you know, the, the response by the defense, the response by the offense. And then as Nebraska was driving, it certainly seemed bad. And then Sitkowski goes and throws a pick. It just, just looked terrible. And I thought, oh, my God, I can probably just <laughs> I can probably just go ahead and turn this off now. But then, uh, oh, my God, I wish I could remember the guy's name. It was, it was, it was one of the one Tanner. of the more talented. His last name is Tanner, I believe. Tanor. Yeah. Yeah. So Tanor. Which fits. Uh, he 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 did the thing you can't do where like you, you get to the quarterback and you just keep driving and drive him into the ground. Yeah. Um, and then he did like a step over on him. And it's like, you're supposed to be like, you're part of a top 25 recruiting class. You have, you have ambitions to win the big 10 and you're, and you're, and you're there flexing over Illinois backup quarterback who is Art Sitkowski, by the way. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, and this is a little bit of conjecture on my part, but again, thinking back to, Nebraska got this fixation on the glory days, the nineties, you know, Frost was a player. Right. Back then that's a completely legit play. And it happens five, 10 times a game. Um, The best example was uh, YouTube Quentin Coriat. If you don't know what I'm talking about, then just look it up on YouTube. And it's like, man, you view it through the lens at the time. And it's like, Oh, that's badass as hell. But you know, he'd actually get the same thing today. He'd probably get a targeting call and then a taunting call for the, And so moving over the guy, but and so when Scott Frost first made the comment, well, I didn't get an explanation for that call. That tells me that he thinks that call was wrong. That he he really knowing having experienced and come through the modern game as a coach, that he still thinks there was nothing wrong with that play and there shouldn't have been a flag. And moreover, that he was owed an explanation for it, which gets into reason that, that kind of thing touches on why, by the way. People like me with no dog in whether Nebraska is successful. I don't care if Nebraska is any good. It would probably be more interesting for the conference if they were. But It'd be good if I, someone besides Wisconsin was winning the goddamn division yeah, and Northwestern I, because well, all their say, games are eye cancer. I was going to say, how dare you um, discount the value of two out of three West division titled Northwestern there. But if, this is the reason why neutrals, agnostics, as far as Nebraska goes, like me, are – perfectly fine with seeing frost just put his foot in on one rake after another because of stuff like that because there's, there's this oozing entitlement like we're good we're gonna be better we should be i don't know why we're not better and then in his press conference he gets into the into this explanation of why the run game really didn't work because there had been a lot of talk in the offseason that they've brought in all these running backs that they had found the success with dedrick mills last year and they were going to reorient their offense around basically a downhill running game and beating up their opponents. And then they get into this game against Illinois, which has a decent but not great defensive front, and they can't do it. Like, they can't move anybody. Well, not to mention, it's 96 degrees out here, and Illinois' second string is nothing right. I mean, they've got talent on the top of the depth chart, but I, and I said as much, they're going to struggle in depth when they have to start rotating Nebraska's type of offense really should be able to wear these guys down and just turn into a track meet by the fourth quarter. Yeah, a tempo run game should have had some success, but they couldn't get any movement. And the reason that Frost gave is, well, the biggest reason he gave was that look at obviously it's true that with a new coaching staff at Illinois, you don't know what system they're going to run. So I looked at stuff Brett Bielma had run in the past and that his defensive coordinator had run at Missouri. And No, he um, didn't. 
He didn't look at stuff as defensive coordinator to run at Missouri because he ran four two five, wow. which is what we came out with. But he looked at what we did in the spring game. That's what he looked at, in my opinion. Yeah, that was probably. I mean, that was probably relevant also. And he saw a lot of odd man fronts, and so that apparently was the sole thing that Nebraska prepared for. And so when Illinois comes out with four dudes on the line. It, it's like they're looking. It's like they're looking at the first spread formation in the history of football. Like there's five wide. Oh yes. So Greg like, Austin, this? Is the this Nebraska, cool? the Nebraska offensive line coach, he's seeing something wrong in the first quarter, and he's let me just kind of there's they got a cross run. They got one, two, three. Oh goddamn! They snapped the ball. Okay, let's. All right. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's try this again. Okay, one, two. three. Oh my God, they keep snapping the goddamn ball too fast for me. Yeah, okay, okay. And then, but then by the time they get to a timeout in the second quarter, he, he, he runs up to Scott Frost out of breath. Lord Frost, my scouting report on the defense is complete. They're lining up four men on the defensive front. My God. Frost just looks down from his plate. There's card. nothing we can do. That's. What do you mean there's nothing we can do? We didn't practice for this. How would we know that a Big Ten team would run a four-man front? And then Scott Frost presumably destroys his scouter in disbelief. So it's it's (laughs) over three. (laughs) How do you not prepare your offensive line for an even front? How is it even possible that a major collegiate program's offensive linemen don't know how to adjust for an even front, even if he didn't game plan for it much in the previous. And this might not even be the case, but it's also a really stupid and unconvincing lie. And whether or not this is true, it is an enormous, like, look, I've been tapped to uh, as big grade twice is very busy with school related things these days and wants to mostly continue her work on power poles. I've been tapped, to take over false tarts. And I was wondering if I should do it this week. Nebraska alone has provided me with an entire column and half of it is stuff Scott Frost said after the game. Yeah, man. It, I don't know if it, I don't know if it would be better if he was telling the truth or if he was just making something up. Cause if you're making something up like that, you, you gotta make it, it's gotta be a lie that doesn't make you look like a total idiot, right? And if it is the truth and it's that basic of an error, you, you can't admit that, can you? So Because ultimately Martinez did scramble for 110 yards, but 73 of it was on a busted play. And then the rest of it, you had, again, you know, these star dudes, these highly recruited guys, Marquise Stepp and uh, Gabe Irvin combined for 63 yards. Meanwhile, we had a Tim Beckman recruit with foot problems um and a western michigan transfer combined for over 100 yards yeah well and so i don't have the sack adjusted numbers here but as a team again with the with that stuff accounted with that stuff included in the numbers nebraska ran for 160 yards on 39 carries just over four yards a pop that's that's manageable that's fine but as you say 75 of those yards came on a single rush from adrian martinez and again, he was sacked five times, which is another thing in and of itself that you can't have from a fourth year starting quarterback in a close game. But without the broken play, the highlight play, which again, and it's it's goofy in some cases to take those plays out because they happened, like they do impact the flow of the game. And the but they're not that. representative of how the game went from down no, to down. Yeah. They're so, not representative so, right. as a rate. Exactly. And so I think it's fine when we're talking about how the actual flow of the game went to 
to to discount the outliers like that because they the closer data to the center of the bell curve tells you what actually happened. And what actually happened is Nebraska was basically running for about three yards a carry. That's what, that's what their downhill run game was. Um, and even though in the end they have more rushing attempts than passing attempts, they're also only completing passes at a 50% clip. I just, man, I don't know what this offense is. Well, meanwhile, Sikowski is supposed to look like, but meanwhile, Sikowski goes 12 for 15. I mean, I mean, shit, like, I don't know if maybe there had been something. I mean, to be fair, he did a lot better last year under, you know, with a few more years under his belt and with some better offensive coaching. He actually, you know, and of course he was obviously a meme for his, you know, for his true freshman season. But as we said, that eventually became way more of an indictment of the coaching staff for leaving him in there to put up those numbers than him. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But he still, never, he was never that. He was never as bad as he looked under Chris Ash. I never thought that in game one at Illinois, Art Sitkowski would go 12 for 15 for two touchdowns, no picks, and just look like a veteran out there. And maybe just maybe there was something that, like, you know, when, when Zach Anikstad took over the starting job from at IMG Academy, maybe it was because he'd had something dislocated and a hit in his head. And maybe when that dude jacked him up, when uh, Tanner jacked him up there, it, 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 it put back in, it got put back into place for the first time in like, you know, four or five years, put it, woke up it, and he was like, where am I? What is, oh, a I'm a, I'm a, all right. I'm a big 10 quarterback yeah. and I'm really good. He comes, he gets up from that hit. He's like, oh, a football game. He's like, I, I like football. I'm very good at football. Let's play some football. And so he, he before this pick, he'd been his so Todd, so so hey. he comes up and he's like, Who's the asshole that hit me? <laughs> I'll, I'll up right here. Jeez. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I mean it, it was just remarkable because Illinois looked in control of this game again after that penalty they scored four straight touchdowns. They looked in control of this game basically the whole time after that. I mean, with a little bit of hiccups in the first quarter, but they adjusted their offensive line rotation at halftime, which, Hey, a coaching adjustment that actually worked. That's, that's novel. And I think you touched on this earlier. Yeah. That approach is not really, you know, that approach can only take you as far as your roster can go, but shit, as an Illinois fan, I would love to be taken as far as the roster can go for once. Right, because you're, in this, at least in the Lovey Smith era, not so much before that, but in the Lovey Smith era, this roster should have gone a little further than it went. I think that's probably beyond dispute. And it was great to see uh, an Illinois coaching staff, to, you know, because in 2012 we had this problem too, where there was a lot of talent on the roster and a lot of the seniors just hated Tim Beckman. Um, so he, he had to play other dudes and Lovey Smith played for the future and stuff. It's like, you know, what future did he play for? As it turns out, nothing. So yeah, it was nice to see somebody play for right now for once. Yeah. And to put a bow on this and conclude our review of the only game of last week before, um, we wrap up here, just keep in mind. So a lot's been made uh, because there's all this discussion of his job status. You know, Frost makes about five million a year. The general belief, I think, is that his buyout is in the neighborhood of twenty million, if not a bit higher than that. But anyway, he makes five million a year. 
he's paying his offensive coordinator, Matt Lubick, about 500000 His offensive line coach slash run game coordinator, Greg Austin, gets another 500000 Tight ends coach, Sam Becton, gets 400000 And then de- depending on the system, maybe the running backs and quarterbacks guys are involved in playing the run game, maybe not. But even if they're not, you can generally assume that those four guys have their hands involved for us as an offensive guy. There's well over six million dollars worth of coaching involved Jesus. in some involved in some capacity with designing this run game. There's almost they, an entire and, Jeff Brom, and they couldn't chalkboard a solution to an even front at halftime. <laughs> like I, I'm just gonna go ahead and call Greg Austin. His new name is Greg Odd Front Austin. He's now <laughs> Odd Front as far as we're concerned here, and we will continue to refer to him as such. Yeah, well, uh, that's the thing. Him, yeah. When you look at the fact that Nebraska has routinely out-recruited the Big Ten West every year that Scott Frost has been there, yes, obviously, I love to see Brett Bielema, you know, his team instilled with some confidence that they could do things and the confidence to execute the fundamentals correctly and control, especially special teams, which, you know, it helps when you got the best player on the field in Blake Hayes. But, of course, I wanted to see that. I didn't think it would result in a win. If you ask me how Illinois wins this game, that's what I would have said, and that's basically what I did say, but it shouldn't have worked against a team this talented. It, the fact that it did, to the tune of leading 30-9, to nine, is just, I mean, it's the kind of thing, it's the Iowa thing, where they hold a mirror up to you and expose, you know, and expose all the worst things about you. <laughs> so, one, it's good for Illinois because, of course, you know, the principal thing I want to do is stop losing to fucking shitty Northwestern teams that are going to try to do the same thing to you. And if we can close that talent and discipline gap, that's what's going to happen. That's basically how Northwestern wins these games. So, you know, we're not going to win the Big Ten if we're not going to win, if we're not going to go to the title game. I at least want to stop the goddamn bleeding in the Lol Hat series. And, uh, what you need to do in order to have a chance to do that is what Brett Bielema did, but also it should not have worked against a roster as talented as Nebraska. And the fact that it did is like, if there were any more warning, like all of the warning signs are going up. The whole dashboard is lit up like a Christmas tree. You hate to see it on Scott Frost Day. Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's Off Tackle Empire!